welcome back to another episode of the Villa Society podcast where I'll be dissecting the Aston Villa Newcastle game and highlighting the key aspects that influenced that game. So it ended Aston Villa 3, Newcastle United nil, And what a performance, what a time to be an Aston Villa fan. I mean, we knew Emery was good, but this game shows just how good he is and how much planning, how much meticulous planning goes into facing a different team. You can see how he changed the tactics, he changed the way we play just against this team because he knew there was a weakness and we can see this in this game. We completely bamboozled Eddie Howell and Newcastle United. We dominated the game and we dominated one of the teams of the season. They've got the best defence in the Premier League and we completely carved them up like a Christmas turkey. Aston Villa were fantastic. It's probably the best game I've seen us play in many, many, many years. We secured a fifth win in a row. We had something we haven't done since 1998 when John Gregory was manager, Big Savo Milosevic was up front and Gareth Southgate was the captain. That's a whole 25 years ago. And there'll be many Villa fans that never even saw that team. I mean, I did. But it's incredible. We're, we're already making strides and Emery's just been unbelievable coming in. There's no new manager bounds here it's just one huge trajectory upwards and again we score in in every Emery game and Newcastle United they're no slouches this season they, they've had an, an amazing season they're averaging two goals a game with the best defense and um, Villa just made them look quite average really we actually bullied them and it's like pretty surprising to me because I'd predicted a 2-2 here and I think a lot of people a lot of people from different who support different teams probably didn't predict a Villa win here. I predicted a 2-2. I was really, really worried about Newcastle's physicality in the middle of the park. We've seen them bully like other teams like Manchester United, but it didn't turn out that way. It turned out that Villa kind of bullied Newcastle and it was such a surprise to me. It just showed Emery had a game plan and he executed it perfectly. Villa were going forward. We had just so many options and we were playing with so much confidence. I watched this game back um, a second and third time and it was really strange because it, it felt like I was watching like highlights video of the game, not the full game because there was so much action and so much cutting edge from Villa. We were just playing with such flowing confidence and we seemed to know where our teammates were on the pitch and that is something we haven't been doing for a long time and it was just so refreshing to see us playing with like tele that telepathy amongst the team. It's brilliant. So this week we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into three key aspects that shape the game. Uh, Moreno's performance, Watkins' contributions and Emery's change of tactics that dismantled and really confused Newcastle. So let's get started. So first up, the Aston Villa team news and Emery's change of tactics. So Villa made some changes to the lineup. Bailey was obviously out. Um, Dendonka came in and Traore was on the bench. Uh, he could have gone with Traore, but like, I mean, he has been scoring and stuff. But obviously Emery's studied Newcastle United and he's put some changes into place. And Dendonka was suiting this kind of new tactics. So I think uh, Dendonka was there to add a bit of stability, some calmness, some control in midfield. And it was evident in the our dominance of the game, really, in the centre of the park. He was a solid presence. He's got a bit of height as well. And it really, you know, freed up a lot of the other midfielders to kind of push forward and create opportunities and attack. He's composed on the ball and he's just got the ability to win crucial challenges and it played a key role in the overall performance. I think he kind of went under the radar a little bit, but he made some excellent blocks. He His passing was very accurate. I think he, I think he only put one pass astray in the whole game, which is absolutely incredible, really, if you think about it. It was Emery's change of tactics that completely bamboozled Eddie Howell in Newcastle. 
He's probably been studying many, many games from Newcastle and just seeing how they've been playing so well this season. A lot of it's down to the Newcastle press. They they really press hard from the front and close down and they bully other teams. They've got a lot of physical presence in there. And I think Emery had instructed the Villa players to play longer balls into midfield, kind of bypassing that press. Um, you can see Mings and Konza, they were really, really playing well, playing some delightful balls into our midfield. But they were longer balls. They weren't those passing triangles at the back. They weren't playing out from the back. They were playing through the lines. And it wasn't that we were winning all the balls that were being played up, whether that was a um, a ball with a bit of height or along the deck. But um, we weren't winning them all. But it didn't matter because I think Emery also instructed our players to make sure they were winning that second ball. So if you watch the game, you see like Newcastle may win a header or it might not go straight to a Villa player. It might be slightly to a Newcastle player. But once they've tried to control it, in, within like seconds, you've got like two Villa players like pressing and trying to win that second ball, and it proved really, really effective. And it and it, it put us on top in that game. We'd win the ball, and then we would be on the counter. It, it was uh, really impressive to see, and and it took Newcastle by su- surprise, really. And it's something they didn't really adapt to throughout the game. So you can see this change of tactic in the passing stats as well. And you'll see the Villa weren't building up from the back like we have in a lot of games. We were bypassing Newcastle's front press by just playing that ball in. Which is key, really winning those second balls to like dominate the game. Just swarming around any any Newcastle players who took a touch and it came to their feet or they miscontrolled or they headed it in. It was just key for Villa to be picking up that second ball. And I think they were instructed to do that. We were playing with such, such desire, commitment and passion really and we're just launching attacks from that second ball and it proved really really effective Villa's strategy to go a bit longer and to win those second balls played a significant role in the control of the game it was the team's ability to win those second balls allowed us to maintain pressure on Newcastle and create some really good scoring opportunities we pursued the ball we really closed down we had such determination to win those second balls it really helped us keep Newcastle on the back foot and prevent them from building any momentum and launching any proper attacks of their own they had some shots from you know just outside the box just inside the box but they were kind of straight at Martinez and they weren't anything that really threatened us so one interesting tactic that I read in the Athletic so go to the Athletic and have a look at one of the recent Villa articles it's in there they left two attackers up front when Newcastle had a corner from their first corner. I didn't notice this. I might have to have a look back at the uh, the match. But uh, they left two players up, up top just to confuse Newcastle because these days teams don't tend to leave two players up, up top at a corner. But obviously Newcastle would be then thinking, oh, we can't push men forward. We've got to have two or three defenders back here making sure that Villa don't break. So really interesting tactic. It'd be interesting to see, see whether we use that one again. So I think, yeah, the, the, this change of tactic, just not playing out from the back, not passing it around at the back in those little triangles, more getting the ball, pushing it over the top of Newcastle's line or through the line uh, to our midfield was the key to this game. And it really, really had a big impact. I think, you know, winning those second balls was so important and just really impressive to see us dominate in the midfield by doing that. We could have just played playing out from the back and played as normal and tried to beat Newcastle when they're so good at pressing and that kind of stuff. But I I think Emery identified that passing out of the back it would have been a problem. It would have been like Newcastle would have been pressing, being aggressive, being bullying, and um, as they have been all season. And I think that, that could have been the difference. I think Newcastle may have been on top playing their normal game, but we, we didn't allow them to play their normal game by switching to this tactic. 
So on to the next key aspect of this performance against Newcastle, and it's Alex Moreno's performance. And I've been going on about this for quite a few weeks. If you listen to the other podcasts I've put out, I've been going about Moreno and how good he's been. I think a lot of Villa fans have slowly noticed how good he is. But, um, you know, even from day one, I thought this guy's going to be incredible. He's such a great outlet out on that left-hand side. He's got the ability to beat a man, get into the box, beat a man, get to the line, pull the ball back. He's just an amazing creative outlet for that left-hand side. And it's a real threat against most teams. We saw it in this game, like, how many chances did he create? It was incredible. He's um he's just so good going forward. And in this game, he didn't put a foot wrong going back either in the defending. Compared to Digne, Moreno can beat his man. And for me, that's what's key. He can he can get a man one-on-one and he's a danger. He can get into the box, he can have a shot or he can pull it back. And, and that's just an incredible creative outlet that we have now. And um, it makes me excited to think about what kind of players Emery's going to identify and bring in in the summer. So in this game, you constantly see Moreno is just creating chances, just providing that width down the left flank. And what's exciting to see is the chemistry he has with the other teammates, particularly Ramsey, played a crucial role in this game. And it's just amazing to see, you know, they're all working together. You've got like Ramsey, McGinn, you've got Buendia and you've got Watkins as well as like a, a focal point. But they're playing lovely triangles there in the midfield and it really opens up the width down that flank. And Moreno's got the ability to then go and exploit that and like pin the right back on the edge of the box and take him on and then get the ball back into the box where Watkins should be and then Ramsey behind him. So it's it's a really, really, really exciting exciting development to have like a left-back that can play so far up the field, but he, he doesn't just cross the ball in. He can beat his man. He's got a bit of pace. He can get to that byline and pull the ball back. You look at Dinier, he can't beat his man. How many times have you seen him get beyond that defender and get to that byline? How often do you see him nutmeg a defender and get past him? You just don't see it. So he didn't come with much fanfare. He wasn't that expensive. And he's identified him and he's fitting into the system so well and adding like such a creative outlet for us. You look at the chances we made in this game, a lot of them came through Moreno. So he's a key player at the moment. And it's just exciting for the summer just to see kind of who Emery's going to identify to fit into the system going forward. It's exciting times and it's going to be an interesting summer. And although Moreno was involved in a lot of our goals, including the one that was disallowed for offside, it was in the 10th minute that we scored like a really, really good team goal. Actually, all the goals were team goals, in my opinion. And it was scored through some amazing work through the midfield. We had uh, Louise passing the ball out to Buendia, who found McGinn on the edge of the box, kind of on the corner of the box down the right-hand side. He curls an in-swinging cross beautifully delivered and Watkins this this is impressive because Watkins usually would have like tried to have an effort a goal where it's like quite very impossible situations ahead and actually get enough power on the ball to score really so he let really high and it was incredible he just like nodded it down and uh, Ramsey was there and he absolutely buried it into the back of the net it's an absolutely class move it's a sign of Villa's midfield getting between the lines in numbers and showcasing their ability to create and capitalise on opportunities. I mean, for me, Watkins here, what, what's interesting about this move, it's, it's Watkins, he's heading that and he's heading it down, but does he know Ramsey's there? There's something about what Villa have been working on. I've seen it in this game a few times. 
it seems like they know where their teammates are going to be without actually seeing them or maybe just seeing them out the corner of their eye. They know where their teammates are supposed to be. So they're playing the ball there with confidence going, I know he's going to be there. I can kind of see maybe in the corner of my eye a Villa shirt, but he's, he's headed that down. And I'm not sure he knows he's totally there, but he's, he's headed it down and he is there and he's banged it into the back of the net. But if you watch this game as well, you'll see McGinn does this at a certain point in the midfield as well. He plays the ball inside and he's not even looked, but he finds Wendia because I think these, these players know particular phases throughout the game where their teammates are going to be and they know that and they've got confidence in that. And it really showed in this game that we're playing with that kind of little bit of telepathy because they know where their teammates are and it really, really adds to like a cohesive team play and fluidity through the midfield. So on to the third key aspect of this game and it's Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins is completely on fire. He is the most uninformed striker in the Premier League. He's scored an impressive 11 goals in the last 12 games. That's incredible. That's like up there with Benteke for the Villa, you know, like Benteke was a brilliant striker for Villa. He could create something out of nothing. Watkins isn't like that. He's different, but his form is electric and he's just providing so much up, up top for us. He wouldn't give Newcastle backline like a minute's rest. He was dragging them all over the place. He was bullying them. He was getting beyond them and it was just a, like a full-on full strikers performance all-round strikers performance it really deserved a hat-trick in my opinion so I think what has changed between Ollie Watkins under Emery and Ollie Watkins under Gerrard or even Dean Smith I think what Ollie Watkins has done he can, he's kind of a lot sharper his decision making's better I think Partly what he's done is he's taken out that extra touch that he used to take he's just taken extra touch and it for me it used to allow defenders just that split second or second to get into position to block the shot or the keeper to get in the right position or judge where it's going. He doesn't do that anymore. So if you look at this, I think it was the second goal in this game. The ball comes across from Moreno. Watkins got his back to goal. He takes one touch and then he swivels and hits it. But Ollie Watkins previously would have taken one touch, then he would have played it out a little bit to get it wide so then he could get his body around it and then hit it. And by that time, the defender would have read it and slid in and taken the block. So I think that's the difference. If you watch how Ollie Watkins used to play and how he's doing it now, he's even hitting stuff first time. So I think he's just trying to play with that more instinct. He's been looking at other players and he's trying to play with more instinct. And I think it's working. He's, he's got the confidence to do it at the moment and he's, he's getting goals. So it's uh, an incredible change. But that's the difference I think I've seen watching Ollie Watkins. But it's not just Ollie Watkins' goals, his ability to hold up the ball and bring in our midfielders and other teammates is uh, crucial for success, really. Um, I think also it's interesting to hear Emery's instructions to keep Watkins within the width of the penalty area has paid off as well. It's kind of making him a focal point. Um, and, you know, Watkins is on form and he's playing really well and scoring lots of goals. You know, most informed striker in the Premier League. But also, I think a lot of credit has got to go to the rest of the Aston Villa players. I think we're really playing really well as a team, all across the team. And the midfield as well, like they're all there playing great football, but supplying Watkins with the ball. If we, he wasn't getting the supply, he wouldn't be getting the goals. I think he's, people have said he's like um, the best striker we've had since Benteke. It's like Benteke-esque performance against Newcastle and whilst I kind of agree I kind of disagree as well because Benteke was a player that could create something out of nothing and I think Watkins is someone who needs supply he needs the team around him to be playing well if you look at the 
a couple of goals in this game. Moreno set a couple of goals up there. So there's a lot of credit to go to Moreno as a creative outlet. Um, or other players like McGinn and Bandia and all these midfielders playing triangles, creating space, and then supplying Watkins with a ball. I think a lot of credit has got to go across the team, not just to Watkins, but Watkins as well, because he's, you know, he's, he's getting the goals and getting the credit. Um, and yeah, he's unplayable at the moment. But I think that's down to the fact that we're playing well as a team. So Villa's second goal, it comes after the disallowed goal, which um, the disallowed goal was a great goal and um, I was a bit disappointed it was ruled off of uh, VAR offside. Um, I had a message off of someone on WhatsApp who was saying, who's this Moreno fella? He, obviously not a Villa fan, uh, actually a, a fan of another team. He's like, oh, this Moreno fella, he's rubbish. Um, I was thinking, you've never seen this guy play. And uh, within like five minutes of him sending this message, Moreno picks the ball up in our own half and he beats one man drives into the midfield into the other half and then he puts a side-footed pass right cutting through Newcastle's defense Watkins is onto it and he passes it beyond Pope and it's into the back of the net and I'm like hmm Moreno's rubbish is he don't think so but sadly it's ruled out for offside with VAR but yeah at this stage I'm thinking oh we could really have done with that second goal because you know one goal up it's pretty pretty even isn't it if Newcastle Newcastle go forward down the other end, we're going to be under pressure. Um, but it was just testament to Villa's confidence and swagger that we had in this game. We picked ourselves up and we went again. And it was the midfield that passing the ball about, it was, I think it was McGinn who passed it into Watkins or Buendia. Out to McGinn who plays it to Moreno. Moreno um, eventually gets it off McGinn. He, I think McGinn slowed the get the game down at this stage a little bit, but Moreno gets the ball and he, he plays the ball through the legs of the defender into the edge of the six-yard box where Watkins gets the ball. He doesn't take too many touches, takes one, and then he spins and he puts it into the back of the net. And yeah, that's the improvement in Watkins. I think previously we would have seen him take an extra touch there and maybe have a shot, but great finish, great goal, great team goal again. And Villa are two nil up, and uh, yeah, the game's pretty much in the bag. We need that extra goal to really, really clinch it and really put the cherry on top. But yeah, two nil up. It looked like it was all Villa at this stage. So then into the 83rd minute, down the right hand side, we've got Ashley Young on the ball. I think he gets shrugged off the ball, and we lose it a little bit. Um, the Newcastle player gets the ball, but Dendonka's there. He's had a great game. He just blocks the ball. It falls to McGinn. Shrugs off Burn, I think. He shrugs him off, and there's another player on his inside. And he just powers powers into that that right hand flank towards the box and uh, passes it into Buendia, who's in the box. He cuts it back. I think Ramsey has a shot, kind of misses it. Thankfully, he misses it and he rolls out to Watkins, who just side foots it. Not the best finish, but he's uh, hit it first time. So credit to him to have the confidence to hit it first time. And it, I think he takes a slight deflection and then goes into the back of the net. And he just stands there going, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he's standing there. He's going, "Yeah, this is this is me. I can do it. It's easy." Or, or he stood there going, "I can do anything now. I'm on fire," kind of thing. So, perfect example of um, his sharpness, really, in front of goal that he would take that first time. And uh, yeah, we're in dreamland. Three nil up against Newcastle. Clean sheet. Just incredible scenes, and just incredible to be an Aston Villa fan at this time. So there you have it. My key aspects to the win over Newcastle United is. Emery's change of tactics. He's he's stopped playing around the back for this game. He's changed tactics, so obviously he's playing longer balls into the midfield and he's told the players to get on that second ball, win the ball, and then transition, get forward and score. And it works so well. I know Watkins is on fire and there's so much talk about Watkins, but it is also a huge team performance. 
his goal scoring has gone hand in hand with the whole team improving and him being supported by the rest of the team, but also him being a focal point. I think it's not like Benteke where it's moments of brilliance that gave us a goal. I think Watkins' improvement has come with the team. Uh, Moreno had a great game. Ramsey had a great game. Actually, they all had a great game. Buendia, McGinn, Mings and Cons are out the back. You know, even Ashley Young had a brilliant game. Martinez, everyone. I'm just listing the whole team because it's such a good game. Um, and it's so entertaining and it, it's just exciting to be a Villa fan at the moment. So Villa, it's their fifth consecutive win and we're really looking like a force to be reckoned with this season. Hopefully we can keep it up going towards the end of the season. Strategy going long and winning second balls combined with just exceptional performances across the midfield and Moreno in particular and Watkins proved to be the key against Newcastle. The players' chemistry, playing those triangles in the middle and then pinging it out to Moreno down the left flank. It's just a joy to watch. And Emery's tactical adjustments and, and surprising Newcastle bamboozling Eddie Howell. It was just a delight to watch. And it's it's just amazing to be a Villa fan. It's very proud to be a Villa fan now, seeing them play great football. And there's so many other fans of different teams that will be fearing playing Aston Villa now. And that that's an incredible difference to where we were at the beginning of the season. It was great to see us winning that second ball and bullying Newcastle and just the chemistry we had as well, like players knowing where other players are on the pitch without even kind of looking sometimes. It was just it was just a joy to watch. And I think Emery's tactical adjustments, going from passing around the back to these longer balls and then making sure the players are really, really closing down those second balls. It was just it was just a genius tactic really and it allowed us to dominate the game and secured an amazing victory in a key game. So that just about wraps up this episode of the Villa Society. Thanks for joining us again where we looked at the win over Newcastle. It's just a joy to be a Villa fan at the moment, having other teams fearing us, uh, playing great football, being in form, having a top goal scorer, having a top manager really who's just, you know, he's got a tactical plan. He knows what he's doing and he's executing that plan perfectly. The players are playing for him and everything's going in the right direction. So, yeah, it's exciting times to be a Villa fan. So next up is an away game at Brentford on Saturday. And I think my prediction is 2-1 to Villa. It's so hard to predict us to get beat or to draw now. I mean, I know I predicted a draw last time. I mean, Newcastle is such a strong side, but Emery's proved me wrong. So um, going into this Brentford game, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think we've had so many clean sheets recently. I think maybe they'll score maybe a goal from outside the box, a free kick or something like that, I think. Um, even Tony probably. Uh, from the Villa side, I reckon Ramsey and Watkins will be on the score sheet again, and that'll be pretty impressive if that happens. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Villa win, and uh, the form will continue. If you've got any predictions yourself, you can head over to the villasociety.com and ping in your predictions, your opinions, your views, all that kind of stuff to us, and we'll read that, and any, of the, any decent ones we'll put on the next episode. So until next time, where we'll have a post-match review of the Brentford game, um, I hope you all have a great week until then. So we'll see you all later, and up the villa. <laughs>